This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Everyone likes a little more cash in their wallet, so let's share some money-saving tips today. Also, our financial advisors are ready to take your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. Our address, it's money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Uh, Do you have any financial news for us to share? Well, we're watching closely the latest um, proposals on the next stimulus, and the Republicans have said that their proposal does include another, um, now a second-time stimulus, of the same amount, so that's going to be $1,200 per person. For people who are single filers, that means earning up to $75,000, you will get the full $1,200. For a couple earning up to $150,000, you will get $2,400. And we expect that they will also keep in some extra amounts for children um, under the age of 16 in the household. So that's excellent news for folks who've been asking about that. Also, they are saying they will have some enhanced um, unemployment benefits. They were at $600 a week. They're not going to continue that. They're offering 200 a week. The Democrats are sticking at 600 We are expecting something in between those two figures. The bad news in all of this is it's probably not going to come through before some of those other benefits run out. So stay tuned. All right. Ryder's with us as well. Good morning, Ryder. Good morning, Kevin. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add to what Nancy said? No, I, I was looking at those proposals as well, and it seems to be kind of a brawly, just a, a, a replay of um, what what Congress had done before. So, you know, trust your politicians to sit around for four months realizing that everything is a very big problem and just thinking, I don't know, can we just do the same thing over again? Um, but also, it was mentioned on the news, I did hear the news earlier, mentioning the Federal Reserve meeting and, you know, how interest rates are very low right now, and they don't, you know, so people don't expect much more out of them. But one thing they have been talking about in the past couple of months is uh, targeting uh, specific yields. Now, they're not saying what yields they're targeting for uh, interest rates along the curve, but... If you remember throughout the uh, recovery, you know, from the uh, recession in 2008, uh, the Federal Reserve was spending tons and tons of money buying bonds, uh, buying government bonds, buying mortgage-backed bonds to bring down interest rates across the board. And, and that was, you know, it, it was effective. I mean, that's, that's, that's how – that's the mechanism by which it happens. Um, and, and so that was – they said, okay, we'll buy $800 billion dollars worth of bonds and they set a dollar amount they would buy this time what they're talking about doing is setting a target for the interest rate itself so not necessarily holding themselves to a specific dollar amount uh, because the market is going to come in and do a lot of the work for them um, but then you know on days and weeks and months where the market isn't doing a lot of the work for them and they need to kind of 
um, support the market more, then they would put in more money. So it's just an interesting, different way of doing it. But uh, again, we don't know what rates they're going to target, but it looks like they're going to try to control the yield curve uh, for a little while now. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Going to be sharing money-saving tips today, but also looking for your personal finance questions. If you're an Amazon Prime member, some disappointing news. Prime Day is officially delayed, but not canceled uh, due to the, tam- the pandemic. A new date for the typically mid-July sales event has not been announced, but they say that they're going to do it uh, sometime in the near future. We do have some callers on the lines. Let's say good morning to Ferdinand calling in from Corinth. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, I'm calling in from Clinton, actually. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Um, I just purchased a house in Clinton, and, um, you know, it was pre-pandemic, so it was in January. And um, I'm, um, because of, uh, you know, the lowering of uh, interest rates uh, and everything, I'm uh, really thinking about refinancing. Um, when I uh, bought the house, it was a close to 3.65 and uh, right now I've heard that is close to 2.65 I was wondering from uh, your guests uh, any advices would it be worth for me to uh, consider of refinancing my house Uh, Ryder why don't you take a stab at that oh I'm sorry go ahead Nancy well I'm just gonna say Ferdinand it never hurts to ask okay so you can call a mortgage broker and you can uh, pursue this asking what kind of rate would they give you? What are the costs involved? Because you know you faced some costs when you first purchased that house in January, and now you're talking about just you know six months later, additional cost for another mortgage closing. And what you really need to look at is what would be the difference in your payment every month and is it really worthwhile and how long will it take for you to make up those costs in order to do that and i would assume that since you just bought it in january you plan on sticking around for a while and so that means it's more worthwhile for you to go ahead and get that lower payment you haven't you know missed that many months you're going to be starting at uh, a, a new ground zero here with a new mortgage but again just look at the dollar difference in payment every month and the cost involved to see if it's worthwhile for you so start asking get someone to give you some quotes and make your decision from there Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, thanks for your call. Uh, also wanted to talk about uh, the sales tax-free weekend that's coming up uh, this Friday, July 31st, and Saturday, August 1st. Um, uh, Ryder, do you remember some of the details of what's involved in the sales tax weekend? Absolutely. So I believe it is in Mississippi, by law, it is, I believe they do the last weekend of July. So that should be when it happens every year. So, of course, 2020, that is this weekend. Um, And it is on, so it is specifically for uh, school supply type things, which does include a lot of clothing, uh, clothing accessories, kind of, uh, you know, sports goods. And one important note is the sales tax holiday applies to each item that costs less than $100, um, regardless of how many you buy in a single go. So 
you know, if you buy, uh, you know, three shirts and they're each $60 each, um, then each of those shirts is under $100. Even though your total is over $100, you don't pay any sales tax on any of them. Um, if you find a pair of, of boots or something or shoes that are over $100, none of that boot is eligible for uh, for the sales tax um, holiday. Um, and I think what you see a lot of times around the sales tax holiday, it's a good opportunity for retailers to be a little more creative with their sales. There are, of course, some items that are going to be over $100 that the retailer just can't you know, reasonably bring below $100, but maybe they'll, you know, put it on a sale to make it a little more attractive because they, because they know they're going to get some foot traffic uh, or, you know, what with everything going on, I'm not sure if they'll get a lot of foot traffic, but people do love a good sale. Um, so it's things like that. They might be a little more creative with their sales. Regardless, everybody loves to know they're not going to have to pay tax on something, and it's you're saving 7% off the top of everything, so that's kind of nice. Yeah, some uh, details. Uh, the sales tax holiday is in-store purchases only. As Ryder said, uh, items less than $100. Uh, sports clothing, shoes, and accessories are still subject to the tax rate. They don't qualify, but clothing and in 2019, the legislature amended uh, the holiday to include school supplies. So they uh, are included. Uh, just a, a couple of the things on the list, backpacks, book bags, chalk, calculators, tape, clays, compasses, crayons, folders, legal pads, lunch boxes, notebooks, paper, uh, reference books, rulers, scissors. That's not a complete list, but that gives you a general idea of some of the things that are considered school supplies uh, when it comes to this uh, sales tax-free weekend. So that's something to keep in mind if you have some kids that are going back to school, although we don't really know what going back to school is going to be looking like this fall, uh, but it might be a good idea to go ahead and uh, stock up on those supplies. If you have a question for our experts, just send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion about money-saving tips after the break. You may save money shopping at retailers who are filing for bankruptcy. We'll have a list of some of those next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. The parent company of Ann Taylor, Justice, Lane Bryan, and Catherine's clothing stores have recently filed for bankruptcy, and Men's Warehouse and Joss A. Bank will close up to 500 of their stores, so you might find a bargain by shopping at one of them. We've got a list of stores that announced bankruptcy filings on our website. So we're going to be uh, sharing some money-saving tips while we look for your money-saving tips that you'd like to share with us and also any personal finance questions that you might have. Ryder, we're going to go to you for some tips in just a minute, but I've got a couple that uh, our producer Liz Gill found that I think are good ones. The first one says, downsize your cart. A manufacturer once doubled the size of its shopping carts to see what would happen, and shoppers reportedly bought 40% more groceries. So to control your spending, opt for the smaller uh, carts or baskets. And I will say that uh, the smaller shopping carts at some of the uh, grocery stores around uh, the Jackson area, certainly, I like those because uh, I hardly ever get enough to fill up the big basket, so I do like the little one to be able to push that around the store and get what you need and then get out of there. Another tip is to let your online shopping cart sit for a while. If you sign into your account and stick a few items in your cart, try this. Don't check out just yet. Uh, retailers will often email you a coupon in a few days to entice you to place your order. I don't know that I've gotten emails or coupons, but I, they will email and say, hey, this is still in your cart. Do you want to buy it? So if the, they're going to be willing to maybe give you a little price break, that's certainly uh, worth waiting for because I think a lot of the things we buy online certainly could uh, wait a couple of days, maybe even a week before we place that order without any uh, um major uh, catastrophes happening, I guess. So, Ryder? I've definitely seen that. I mean, you just have to keep in mind, online retailers, you know, they they will they will do a lot to try to make you uh, finish that finish that purchase. So, I have seen that that happen. Uh, Ryder, do you have some tips you want to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So, this one, the my first one is is one I, I, I like and I've, I've done before myself. Well, not quite for this time period, but it says challenge yourself to a no spend month. So, you know, don't do any non essential purchases. Obviously, you know, pay your bills, buy your groceries, things like that. Um, I don't think I've gone a month. Uh, that is that is a lot of discipline. Uh, but doing, uh, you know, a week or a day or just uh, the way I look at it is is looking very carefully at the things you purchase and and saying you know is this something that i need uh is this something that i'm purchasing uh, just for convenience or just because i you know uh, for you know for pleasure or something like that um it's an interesting exercise i don't encourage people to try to do this all of the time unless you know living like a uh, monk is your thing <laughs> uh, but it is a good way to look at what you spend and then you know don't one thing that happens afterwards is you have some kind of pent up, uh, pent up spending you want to do. You know, oh, I put off buying that pair of shoes, or oh, I put off going out to eat uh, for two weeks. You know, I'm I'm doing it now. Uh, so, and that's a good way to kind of get in touch with what really matters to you. And if and if after that week or month of not spending, you realize there's something I really want to do. Maybe that's important to you. Maybe that's what you really value. And then if there's something you're like, you know what, I did, I did fine without that. Um, so I think we all know that that Kevin's first purchase after a, a no-spend month would be a pair of shoes because that's what's important. <laughs> that's what he values. Um, and then I think we all know that my first purchase would be uh, going out to eat and because that's what's important to me and that's what I value. But I would, you know, 
I would be able to ignore a shoe purchase for a little while, and you know, Kevin might not. You know, Kevin might be able to ignore a, a going out to eat purchase. Uh, I hope I haven't stereotyped us too much on that <laughs> one. Uh, but but it's a good it's a good tool. Um, and another one which I've done a lot is a when you when you have a cable internet, high speed internet, fiber internet, then often the provider will give you a a modem and a router which you will pay to rent and often it's sometimes it's just a, a nominal fee it's a couple dollars but i've seen those fees go 15 and 20 dollars and at that point buying a good router and modem could be as cheap as you know 80 to 100 dollars and that would pay for itself in just a few months and you know just looking a little more closely at uh, your more complicated bills like internet and TV and seeing what are all the extra things you're paying for. Those are bills which have a tendency to creep up in time as they add features to them. And so keeping an eye on that, seeing exactly what you're paying for, what you can do without, and in the case of physical equipment, seeing what you can purchase yourself is, I, I believe that's a very good idea because that's a bill, it comes every month, we pay it, we, we use the stuff every day, um, but it's a, it's a good idea to look, look at it carefully just to make sure you're not paying for too much there. So. Uh, you know, um, on the uh, the no spend month, uh, that that idea. That's a lot of times why I end up with things left in my shopping cart. Is that you know you're all excited, you go to a website, you pick something out, and I'm always just a little bit hesitant to hit that final uh, button that yes. says you know place your order there. So um, I, I try to usually take the thing out of the cart so that I won't get the email. But uh, you know that's that's a good time is uh, to, you know to make that final decision. Is this something I really? Is this something I need? Is this something I can put off? Uh, you know, uh, so maybe think twice and uh, before you hit that uh, that final button that commits you to um, to buying the thing. I have a quick yeah. update uh, that I wanted to share. I just thought about this. I remember, I told folks on the air that I had been potentially scammed by when I was trying to buy a Lego set, the Yoda Lego that I was going to build. Uh, PayPal ruled in my favor, so I got my money back uh, because I really do think that that site was an obvious scam, uh, though it does uh, remind us all that when you're ordering something online and something feels wrong or you think this doesn't seem right, this is too good to be true, don't do what I do and ignore those thoughts. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and maybe do some investigation or just hold off and, uh, you know, maybe try to find the item that you're looking for um, on, on another at another method. Also, interestingly enough, I was trying to put together the Yoda uh, Lego set, uh, came to a part that was a little bit uh, complicated, so did some deconstructing so I could kind of start over from step two it was, and ended up missing a piece. This thing has 1,700 pieces, and I somehow have managed to lose one a piece. piece missing, was it? <laughs> Very good, writer. yes. So I don't know if it was missing or I lost it, but anyway, I called lego and they are sending me the replacement piece for free so uh, yoda will end up being constructed finally although i was very worried uh, that that one missing piece would kind of ruin the whole thing so thanks to lego for sending me the replacement that's, part at no cost that's great customer service and uh, in my experience the the best way to find that missing piece is to order a replacement so i'm sure you'll <laughs> find it you'll see <laughs> You'll probably you'll probably step on it as you go to the go to the door when, to get when, the, uh, when the mailman knocks. 
Our email address is money at mpbonline.org, and that's where we got this email from. It says, two months ago, I moved all of my 401k index funds to a cash fund. When and how would you start getting back into the market? Nancy, why don't you take a stab at that one? Well, um, that's a typical reaction to market volatility, and it's not a good reaction. Uh, your 401k is retirement money. It is lifetime money. So even if you are close to retirement age, this is still money that's going to last your entire lifetime. It's long-term. So you should have an allocation. How much do you need to have in bonds? How much do you need to have in cash? What do you need to have in stocks? Because stocks will be where we get the best growth rates. So if you've had that reaction at the worst time, which a lot of people did, you don't then need to go all the way back like a slingshot and put it all the way back in because markets had taken off. You just need to have a discipline to gradually push it back in, maybe over a six-month time period, dividing that cash into six pieces, and gradually go back to what your original allocation was. But remember, make sure that original allocation fits your needs, your age, your time horizon. And if you see the market going down, having big down days, that's when you need to push further in with your cash. Those are opportunities. After the break, we'll continue our discussion of money-saving tips. We'll tell you you have to save money at some of the stores you may go to the most next. We'll have that information for you. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal financial broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Here's a money-saving tip. You won't be able to shop at all in quite a few chain stores if you don't wear a mask. Walmart, Kroger, Target, and Walgreens now require masks. We'll have a list of about 20 more stores uh, that have a mask requirement on our webpage and the podcast for this show. Nancy, we want to give you a chance to do some tips, but we've got some calls to get to first, so let's uh, begin again on the phones with Dwight calling in from Itabina. Go ahead, Dwight. You're on the air with us. Uh, good morning. I'm really enjoying your program this morning, and I've got a question about a cash app uh, merchant dispute. I guess about maybe a couple months back, I hit the uh, pay button, and instead of hitting one particular person, I ended up paying about two or three people the same amount of money, and I have not been able to figure out how to go back and do that merchant dispute with cash app, and I was wondering if you could expound on that a little bit. I'll hang up and listen to the answer. All right, uh, Dwight, thanks for the call. Uh, anybody want to channel t- uh, take that one? Any familiarity with Cash App? Uh, a little uh, I'm bit. Not. 
So Cash App is it's um, it connects to your bank account. Typically, they use a bank account or debit card, and you may have a little you may have a little room to play here if that's the case. If it came from a debit card, um, but it is just an app which people can have and allows you to send money very easily, very quickly from person to person. Uh, because that is actually kind of an extraordinary difficult thing uh, to do in finance is just to send someone a few dollars if you don't have physical cash. Um, the trouble with it is, is it's since it is not as matured as you know something like the entire banking system or the credit card system, then it doesn't quite have the protections. Uh, you may be able to report that to Cash App. I don't know that they have a customer service number or a customer service you know online system for that. Um, but you may have an opportunity if it is linked to a debit card or a credit card of yours, then Cash App would have pulled the money directly off the debit card or credit card, um, although it often links directly to the bank. Uh, if it is on a credit or debit card, you may be able to dispute that charge with your bank. Um, but honestly, the best method I have seen for kind of those newer programs, Cash App, um, which I believe is run by Square, uh, Venmo and PayPal. PayPal is, has a much more developed kind of system for this as uh, Kevin touched on, uh, he took advantage of, but uh, just asking for it back. Um, in some cases, that is all you can do uh, when, when Cash App itself may not have the infrastructure or the agreements in place that they can simply take that money back for you. Uh, so I'll, I'll check with Cash App. I'll check to see how it came from you. Did it come off of your debit card? Uh, and dispute it there if, if possible. Right, and Dwight, I would add, I think Ryder uh, hinted at is if, depending on what the transaction was, if you accidentally sent money to some people and they don't really didn't deserve getting it, I would hope that most people would say, oh, I'm sorry, I understand that it was a mistake, I will send you the money back. The thing that, that makes me nervous about PayPal and these uh, types of apps is, again, it's you type in someone's email or whatever, and I'm always deathly afraid that I have typed in the email or their phone number or whatever wrong because then you're just sending money out to some who knows what you know anonymous person on the internet so uh, i think always just uh, be a little bit careful uh, they're, they're very convenient to use but I, like i said when you hesitate to hit the send button uh, that's certainly what i would do uh, when using one of those uh, apps or paypal just to make sure that you are sending the money to the person that is you are intending to send it to all right, uh, we've got another caller on the line, so let's say good morning to Ron in Jackson. Ron, you're on the air with us. It's your turn. Go ahead. Good morning. So I've been watching a uh, little financial news, and I've been hearing from time to time about a strong dollar, weak dollar. And I just wanted to know what's the pros and cons um, and just get a little bit of knowledge on, you know, what's a strong dollar, what's the strong dollar, what's the weak dollar, what's the benefits of either or what's the cons of either. And I'll take my answer off there. All right, uh, Ron, appreciate your call. Uh, who wants to take that one? I'll jump yeah, in for, so, for part of it, and okay. Ryder, you Good can also it. add to it, which is, first, I would say, when we hear strong dollar or weak dollar, remember, currency is always relating to another currency. So it's the dollar, the U.S. dollar, compared to another currency. And because the U.S. dollar is such an important currency in global trade, we often will hear it as it relates to all other currencies. And so it does have an impact 
on um, local prices versus prices of imported goods. Ryder, you want to jump in? Yeah, so it, it, it is more broadly, it's not necessarily, oh, what can I do with my strong dollar or my weak dollar? Um, but when uh, folks say, oh, the American dollar is weak, then it is lower, you know, it is lower than it historically been compared to other countries' currencies. Um, and that's good for American producers in that uh, it makes it easier for foreigners to buy our goods. So particularly if you work for a company which exports a lot of goods, you know, that's good for you as well because, you know, it's more work, more money for you. Um, on the other hand, a strong dollar is good for Americans who are purchasing foreign goods and Americans purchase a lot of foreign goods, particularly from China. Um, so a, a, a strong dollar means that we can obtain those goods at a low cost and, you know, perhaps in that way we can enjoy a higher uh, standard of living. So it's, 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 it's broad things. It's not necessarily directly um, what does my personal dollar do, uh, but, but that's what it looks like. But generally speaking, it means um, American goods uh, assets are going to be more expensive in the world versus um, uh, foreign assets to us. We're also sharing some money-saving tips, and Nancy, uh, you're up to bat. What uh, tips do you have for us? Well, let me first start by, I want to go back to when uh, Ryder mentioned we don't want to live like monks in a no-spending month, and <laughs> frankly, I'm feeling like I'm living like a monk right now. <laughs> I think a lot of people are. And what this um, pandemic has done, as we've all pulled in, is allowed us to see where we were spending money that maybe was frivolous. It wasn't really important. So that's really good for us to look at how we're spending our, our money right now. And uh, what we're hearing from a lot of our clients who are retirees and living out of their portfolios, they're calling us and saying, you can spend, uh, send me less money because I'm not spending as much. Uh, but there are many bargains to be found out right there right now. You mentioned clothing, and um, clothing sales have dropped dramatically because of the pandemic. So if you have need of clothes, this is the perfect time to purchase clothes. Um, also, when it comes to gardening, which is one of my favorite activities, a great way to get outside, there are opportunities to find um, uh, lower-cost uh, items right now. Um, Liz mentioned on our list about looking for mulch uh, from free sources, and I would say here in Mississippi, we like to use pine straw. So you can use some of these cheaper ways of getting your flower beds ready for the fall. Um, by the way, I have a little bit of good news I'd like to share. I subscribe to Credit Karma. It's a, a site that they go and they send monthly uh, tips and they kind of help monitor your uh, your credit situation. And I got an email today saying that I have had less than 10% of my credit card usage for three months running. And I, as someone who has never been in very serious problems with credit cards, but have, have sort of teetered on the edge a number of times. So uh, if I can just take a little moment to pat myself on the back. I'm very proud of the fact that I've kept that under 10% now for, for three years in a row. So uh, three, three, I wish it was three years, three months is still good, though. And what we have been preaching for so many years, Kevin, is the importance of a, an emergency cash fund. And this is really bringing it home now for people. When you're facing uncertainty, you really need to build some cash. And even though we're talking about, oh, my goodness, they're going to send more stimulus money out, 
What we saw with the first batch is a lot of people use that to pay down debt or to then um, have some cash savings. That is exactly what you need to do right now. Even though we know the more of it we spend, the more it stimulates the economy. But this is going to be important for folks as we start to face permanent layoffs coming up in the next several months, that you do have a cash pad you can depend on. We've got another caller on the line, so we say good morning to Robert, who's called in from Vicksburg. Go ahead, Robert. You're on the air. Yeah, I heard y'all commenting about strong dollar, weak dollar. And one thing, you know, tourism is important in Mississippi, and that can have a very profound impact on tourism, especially if it goes unusually strong or unusually weak. When it's very strong, it's attractive for Americans to go overseas uh, traveling, and the opposite is true when it's weak. We tend to get more foreign tourists uh, during times when Except the dollar is weak because it's less expensive for them to travel here. Well, I, I agree that's the case, except that there are a lot of countries who are not letting us in right now. And, oh, right now, uh, a yes. Other, <laughs> a lot of other uh, foreigners are not uh, anxious to travel here. So tourism is off dramatically just because of what we're dealing with this virus. Okay, yeah. I was talking about on a uh, cycle of years, you know, every uh, seven right. or eight years, yeah. it seems like we have a very strong or a very weak dollar. And when that happens, it starts to have a pretty strong impact on things like travel. Hopefully, the next time that happens, COVID won't be an issue. All right, good point, Let's Robert. Uh, thanks for the phone call. Uh, before we go to our next break, just a reminder, some of the money-saving tips that uh, our producer, Liz Gill, found for us came from a list of AARP's 99 Great Ways to Save. So if you uh, maybe Google that or search for it online, uh, you can get the complete list of some of the tips uh, that we have been talking about. We'll continue talking about money-saving tips after this quick break. Are you a loyal shopper? If you are, we've got a tip for you coming up. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Thanks for listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Many stores use apps and loyalty programs to provide discounts. Wendy's is adding a loyalty program called Wendy's Rewards on its app that previously only provided coupons. And uh, the ones I like uh, are where you just give your phone number, uh, and then every time you buy something there, uh, you can give your phone number, and it adds up, and then 
then uh, at one restaurant I'm thinking of in particular will text you their offer uh, when you've accumulated enough points or whatever. Uh, uh, to me, that's a little bit easier than uh, having an app to keep up with, but there are a lot of restaurants and stores that have uh, gone to this, uh, the loyalty program or uh, apps where you can, you know, accumulate um, things to get free food or um, I guess uh, the grocery stores, uh, you, uh, if you have your, use your card, you can sometimes get uh, access to, uh, to special sales or discounts or additional coupons. I know uh, Kroger has started sending me a, a coupon pack um, every month, and I think that based on the coupons that I get, I think it is tied to you know your loyalty card, so they know sort of what uh, items you're purchasing, and that certainly I think is a good idea because uh, you know if you, you if they send you useless coupons, they're not going to get used, but uh, if it's things that you've been buying on a regular basis, uh, those seem to be certainly a bit, little bit more helpful. Uh, here's another tip that uh, I like, and it says to pay for subscriptions up front. Streaming services, news services, paid apps, or anything auto-delivered uh, sometimes will offer discounts if you pay for the whole year in advance. And also, I have noticed that um, sometimes um, if you sign up for the auto-renew feature, you will get some little bit of a, of a price break or a bargain as well. So that's something to think about. I always think about you do that because, you know, 99% of the time you have the option of opting out of that. So you opt in to get the little benefit and then... A couple months later, you opt back out, and uh, you don't have that anymore. I don't. I don't that seems maybe a bit unethical on my part, but hey, what the heck? Um, uh, well, uh, Kevin, I'm always watching for the free trials, mm -hmm. and you need to be careful because with a free trial, you have to input your credit card information, and you're signed up automatically. And what most um, providers count on is that you forget and you go past the free trial and you keep going and it just keeps getting renewed and they keep getting those few dollars out of you every month. Um, I'm really good about marking my calendar and you can do that now with your iPhone as a reminder to go back and look at those free trials to ask yourself, is this something I want to continue? And if not, go ahead and cancel it. But be very careful because they often make it very difficult to figure out how to cancel. Well, I've had some success uh, with a couple of those in that um, as soon as I've signed up, I've been able to basically cancel. And so you get the free uh, period uh, and then you immediately, you know, uh, you're not signed up for anything further. And I find that that helps me because I'm like you, Nancy, my, my reluctance on signing up for a lot of those is, you know, am I going to forget to to cancel it? And then uh, then you're on the hook for at least another month or some sort of time period, you know, of, uh, of obligation on your subscription or whatever. Um, any other tips uh, that either one of you have here to share in the final couple minutes of the show? Well, I'm going to go back to you mentioning uh, subscriptions, what we're hearing now with a lot of gym memberships, because people have been reluctant to go to the gym right now. Um, many of them are offering the opportunity to, to pause your membership, um, which means you're not being charged for that monthly fee. And then if you are ready to go back, then you're not charged that entry fee again. And they're doing that because they're trying to hang on to that business. So if that's an issue for you, I would say call your gym and ask if they will allow you to do something like that. And just express that, you know, you have concerns about going now. And if the option is losing you as a customer or offering you some discount, that's usually what they will do. 
Uh, one, one additional thing on my uh, Lego story. Um, after I made that uh, purchase at this uh, suspect website, I did type in on the search engine, is blank site a scam? And I pulled up uh, some sites. So if you are concerned about something, you know, do a little research and you'll find out there are a number of sites online that investigate those things and sort of pool uh, experiences from other users uh, to see if something is legitimate or not. Um, here's a question. Is the pandemic a good time to invest? It can be. Um, the problem is, as we are looking at the stock market, we're seeing it very high right now. Um, we're, we've been surprised by that because it seems that it's untethered from economic reality. And we do have concerns about it possibly pulling back as we see this uh, pandemic uh, creating more damage. I think if you want to invest, you need to be wise about this. Again, think about what is your time horizon and only invest in stocks if you have a long-term time horizon and do it in a disciplined way, a small amount each month as you build up. And the best way to do that is through your 401k. So for those people out there who've had concerns about their 401k as the market has bounced around a lot, Every time you get a paycheck and you're pushing money into that stock market, then you are buying shares, your dollar cost averaging, and that's a great way to invest. And so I would just say keep your um, eyes on that prize of that long-term investing and uh, approach it that way. I, I would like to add uh, people often, 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 very often ask, is now a good time to invest? And uh, you know, if we uh, knew the, the future, we would be able to answer that perfectly every time. But I will say that most often, the answer to is now a good time to invest depends a lot more on your personal situation and needs than on what the market is doing, or even than what even if I did know what the market was going to do over the next few months, um, your personal situation would matter more. Uh, for instance, if the person asking, is now a good time to invest, is a person who has very little disposable income, a very little discretionary cash flow, and lots of high interest debt, then the answer is always going to be no until they've tackled some other pretty serious things going on. Um, if they are a young person with a long time horizon and little cash needs and lots of extra cash, yeah, the answer is almost always going to be yes, now is a good time. Um, the answer depends so much more on the personal situation, what your current needs are, what your current expenses and income, and what your future, particularly long-term future. Uh, because again, we, we always say investing is for longer time horizons. Uh, so, you know, if you're saying, oh, I have $1,000 today, should I put that in the stock market? Well, if you're going to need that $1,000 anytime in the next couple of years, no, don't put it in the stock market. But if that's money that you can afford to uh, put away for a long time and hopefully add to that, then Yes. I mean, investing now is, is, is a good idea. 
All right, uh, we got about a minute left. My final tip would be to uh, maybe keep an eye on, on the bargain outlets, uh, stores like Dirt Cheap or Tuesday Morning or Ollie's. Uh, you can sometimes find some savings there. Uh, granted, everything is not going to be a great sale, but if you can uh, find some things. Um, I know at Ollie's I recently purchased a uh, one of those George Foreman grills for about half price. Uh, so those are some good things to look for. Kevin, and this is Liz. Yes. Tuesday Morning's filed for bankruptcy. But not all Tuesday. Tuesday morning, uh, Tuesday morning has filed for bankruptcy, but not all of their stores have closed. There are some that are still open, and the only reason I know this is I have a friend who is a toy collector, and he loves to go there because the toys are on usually uh, deep discounts as well. But, uh, you know, again, be, be selective because not all the, the stuff is great there, but you can find some uh, bargains at those uh, bargain outlet uh, stores just about out of time. Just a reminder that if you ever have a topic or a question that you'd like to hear us discuss on Money Talks, you can send an email. It's money at mpbonline.org. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by the generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org. Or listen to the podcast. Just search for Money Talks on your preferred podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. So for Dr. Nancy Lotcher-Janderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.